Jim Paris here with you live on this Easter Sunday night. We are here for you on Sunday nights, and I want you to check out our website because we just redid the website, and the theme is now Less is More. <laughs> I really pared down the website, and I think you might really enjoy getting over there, taking a peek at it. Of course, ChristianMoney.com and links to all of our resources and social media. Everything is over there for you at ChristianMoney.com. A big new segment lined up for you tonight. We're going to be talking, of course, about coronavirus, but I want to go in a little bit of a different direction. I have a list here of some of the just most absurd, crazy abuses of power by local governments, all in the name of saving you from coronavirus. You're not going to believe some of these stories. And tonight, our special guest in the guest segment is blogger Tony Ortega. His blog, of course, is The Underground Bunker. He's been with us many times before, and it's all about Scientology. And you would not believe some of the crazy, I mean absolutely crazy things that the Scientologists are now doing because of coronavirus. We had booked uh, Tony Ortega some weeks ago, so I really didn't <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be such a bonanza tonight, uh, you know, to talk about Scientology, but also talk about all of the just nutty things they're doing in Scientology because of coronavirus. So this will be interesting. Uh, who knew <laughs> you'll hear some interesting stuff tonight in our guest segment starting in 27 minutes and next week we'll have a fascinating discussion for you on the topic of exorcisms and we have never done a show on the topic of exorcisms i'm looking forward to it but i have to tell you the whole topic it just it just gives me chills i i'm just i don't know why i i anytime i hear uh i listen to late night radio shows Coast to Coast AM, Clyde Lewis, Ground Zero. Anytime they start talking about exorcisms, I immediately have to change to something else. And I think it's partly because the last thing you want to be listening to in the middle of the night uh, are stories about demons and what they can do and, and all of that. But uh, uh, I will man up next Sunday night as we talk about exorcisms in our guest segment. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, so glad uh, that everybody, you know, it seemed like it was sort of a, a different Easter, right? We couldn't go to church, most of us. Um, many of us couldn't be with family. But I've gotten really good vibes just kind of walking through the neighborhood. We had a chance this morning, my wife and I, to go down to the ocean. And uh, we had to drive about 30 minutes because our local beaches closed. 
to protect us from coronavirus. <laughs> but the neighboring county, uh, Volusia County in Daytona Beach area, uh, their beaches are open, believe it or not. Excuse me for a moment, a quick cough there. So down in Volusia County, their beaches are open, and we had a chance to go down there and watch the sunrise and ran into a couple of friends from our church. So that was kind of neat. I did a little bit of a Facebook video down there. That's uh, on the Facebook page and also over at Instagram. All right, before we get into everything tonight, so much to get into. Uh, We've got a sponsor that keeps us commercial free. So we don't do commercials. We just have one sponsor mentioned at the beginning of the show. And this sponsor pays the bills for tonight's show. Tonight's sponsor is, drum roll please, the audio version of of how to pray for a financial miracle. My best-selling book that so many people have purchased over the years, thousands upon thousands, and just the feedback that I get from this book, which is my life story of, in a nutshell, I'll tell you this, uh, I became a multimillionaire by the age of 30. By the age of 40, I was bankrupt due to the embezzlement of my own brother, who embezzled a seven-figure sum for me. I decided I had no option but to kill myself, so I planned out my own suicide, and then I prayed, and the book tells you basically the whole story and why I'm still here today, and uh, people love the audio books, and this one is read by me. Every word is read by me. I think you'll really love it. It's now available tonight over at audible.com or through Amazon. You can get to Audible. Or it's also available through iTunes. If you're somebody that buys your audiobooks through iTunes, you can grab it there. Okay, so the tonight's sponsor, the audio version of How to Pray for a Financial Miracle. I think it's only $10 or something like that. It's, it's a uh, lo- lower cost audible book and the length of it is 3 hours and 10 minutes. So a great listen if you're on a drive or something like that or maybe you want to listen to it while you're exercising around the house, (laughs) while you're on home confinement. What a fun thing to do. All right, so let's get into it tonight. I want to first start by talking about the IRS stimulus payments. Now, I mentioned this last week. Some people are not going to get that stimulus check until September. And this is a problem because a lot of people have been going without any income and they're expecting that stimulus check like they've already spent that stimulus check. And some people are not getting it until September. And here's why. Because if the IRS does not have your recent banking information, you'll have to wait for a paper check to be mailed. So if some, let's say last year when you filed your taxes, you did not provide the IRS with your checking account and routing number and all of that. They have no way to get the money to you other than by mailing you a check. They can only create so many checks a week. So if you put that on a, on a schedule, on a calendar, they're predicting that uh, all of the checks will be mailed out by September. Yes, September. So there's a couple of things happening, and I predicted this, that the IRS would be coming up with a web portal for people to be able to get the check more quickly as, a, as an automatic deposit. Now, the first group of people they're catering to are people who did not file a tax return last year because they weren't required to. Uh, Depending on your income and your source of income and how much you earn, you may not be required to file a federal tax return because if you're under a certain threshold, you don't have to file. So if you're somebody that's in that situation, 
Um, if you go to the IRS website, irs.gov, irs.gov forward slash coronavirus, if you go there, you'll see that they now have a, a portal set up for non-filers, those that were not required to file. You can go in there and uh, put in your banking information to get your money more quickly. That's not, though, for everybody else that, that is required to file, but for whatever reason, you did not give the IRS your banking information last time around. Maybe you mailed in a check. Maybe you paid through uh, like a credit card service, which is how I paid. I paid mine through a, a portal where you put in your credit card number so I could get travel points. So there are different ways people can pay, but if the IRS doesn't have your recent banking information, you're going to be just basically waiting in line for your check to be mailed. So what they're telling us is that in a few more days, maybe by the end of this coming week, that for the rest of the people that do not have their banking information on file with the IRS, who, who are filers who did file, you're going to have a different portal to go to, but you'll have the same chance. And they wanted to get to these uh, lower income people first, which makes sense. Uh, I also am hearing from a lot of people that have applied for unemployment. They haven't seen a dime yet. And some people have been waiting a good two weeks, going on three weeks, still haven't seen any money. So, you know, these are, you know, trying days for a lot of people just to put food on the table. I'm going to be doing a video, though, in the next couple of days, kind of talking about how to budget or how to look at this in terms of a survival mode with your money if you don't have much money right now and you're waiting for either a stimulus and or unemployment money to to help you out how to deal with that so that that'll be coming in the next couple of days also i want to mention this and i don't want to scare people but i am reading more and more stories about meat plants uh that are shutting down meat processing plants that are shutting down Due to the coronavirus problem, that is, they have employees that are coming down with coronavirus and they're they're not willing to continue operating. I don't know how wide scale, you know, how wide reaching this is, but I'm reading more and more articles about this. And, and I'm thinking, eh, I don't really want to do it because I, I don't actually have a lot of freezer space. But I'm thinking maybe I need to buy a freezer and stock up on a couple of weeks, maybe a month of meat because... I mean, unless you want to go vegetarian, it looks like there might be a supply chain issue uh, with meat. And uh, I hope I'm wrong, but that's something that, you know, is, is, is percolating out there as well. We decided, we haven't done it in two or three years, but we decided we're going to get our garden going again. So we, we don't do a big garden, but do a little bit of vegetables. And uh, we got the, uh, the dirt and the seeds and everything we need to get our above ground uh, planters going. We've got a couple of above ground uh, vegetable garden uh, setups. We're going to put those together in the next day or two and get that all going. So maybe we've got a little bit of our own food growing in the backyard. All right. Let me mention a couple of news headlines to you. Then I want to get into what I plan to get into tonight because I, I do not want to waste our time together tonight repeating the same old, same old. And frankly, I'm tired of hearing myself talk about coronavirus and, and the things that I just don't understand. But I don't want to waste our time 
going over things that other talk shows are talking about or repeating myself from the last couple of weeks. But I do want to mention to you that um, this is going to blow your mind, but it, it appears that May 1st, which I think is way, I mean, that's that's 18 days from now if you're listening live, okay? I, I think that is a very realistic to reopen the country by May 1st. I was hoping, gosh, why would we wait until May 1st? But now it appears to be that that's considered like crazy. Uh, I just read a news story that experts say we should not open by May 1st, that we need more time. Some of these people are talking about uh, the fall. Like, can there's no way that this country can stay shut down uh, this long. I mean, it just can't. It cannot stay shut down. So Trump is had given up on this idea of we're all going to go back to work as of Easter, which is today. He, you know, dialed back on that. And now everybody, the whisper is May 1st, May 1st. Well, now the other side is saying, no, we can't do May 1st. And let me just say this. This is has really at some point got to become a regional issue where we stop treating the whole country the same. I was telling some friends this morning, you know, the next time we have a hurricane here in Florida, I'm going to demand that the people in New York uh, City board up and go and shelter in place for a week while we're sheltering in place for our hurricane. And what am I saying? I'm saying that we don't have the problem that they have in New York. And if you break these numbers down, there are only three states that have more than a thousand deaths from coronavirus. And we know that even in the counting of the number of deaths, that there seems to be some juicing of the numbers. And Rush Limbaugh talked about this. Others have talked about it, that this Dr. Burks um, has admitted that if someone is infected with COVID-19, almost regardless of their actual cause of death, they're going to be listed as a COVID-19 fatality. That being the case, these numbers are juiced. They're higher than probably reality. But even if we take these numbers at face value, there are only three states that have more than a thousand cases. And whenever I post this kind of information on my social media, people are always like shocked because the media is not reporting these numbers. What the media is really into is uh, showing, uh, you know, them building these field tents turning these convention centers into uh, field hospitals, um, you know, temporary hospitals, all of these kinds of the big, the big ship, the hospital ship. Well, here's the truth in Seattle, their field hospital was disassembled because they didn't need it. The same thing is happening with the Javits center, which had virtually no patients. The same thing is happening with the hospital ship, which had virtually no patients. There's more people being discharged from New York hospitals than are being, uh, brought in. So, I mean, it's terrible what has happened. I just looked at the numbers, uh, more than 20,000 deaths. I think it's up to 22,000, but it's also terrible when you look at other, you know, uh, illnesses as well, like the flu, for example. Um, and I know we're not supposed to make that comparison, but a death is a death. In my view, I, I don't look at it and say, well, if this person died from the flu. That's not as significant as this other person that died from um, you know, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, death is a death. But in any case, regardless of how you choose to look at this, uh, the bottom line is it has really become a regional issue. You've got most of what's happening, um, even in California, not even a thousand deaths in California, 
And people people are like, no, that can't be true. It is true. Go to the Johns Hopkins uh, map for coronavirus. You can Google that and you'll see the numbers. You can click on the individual states and it shows you in real time the numbers. Um, and it's only right now New Jersey and New York, which really is, you could call it one state, right? Because it's like, it's connected. It's the same like metro area. So you've got New Jersey and New York, and then you have Michigan. Those are the areas where really we, and, and New Orleans, of course, they're, they've got a, an issue there, but they're still not even at those levels. Um, so, you know, maybe we pick these five or six hot spots and focus on those and then let the rest of the country go back to work. Let kids go back to school. You know, in, in our county, we have virtually nothing happening in our county. And why should the whole country be treated like as a one-size-fits-all? So anyway, I digress. Um, there is a great article I want you to read if you get a chance. Go to the website zerohedge.com and take a look at the article, Eight Reasons to End the Lockdown Now. I really couldn't articulate it any better than the article over at Zero Hedge. Uh, it really does, it goes through these eight points and really does, it's overwhelmingly convincing. And I, I don't know really why we're not opening up some of these areas already, some of these parts of the country. And the way people are talking about it, it's like, it's not like a light switch where you can just turn it on and we all go back to work. Well, what in the world are we supposed to do? Is this like... You know, are we like drawing a, a, a warm bath and we've got to put our big toe in and kind of like slowly? Are we going to like, are we going to like by maybe, maybe by the first letter of our last name, like alphabetically be like phased back into living over the next year? Like everybody whose last name begins with A, okay, in 30 days, you folks can go to work. And then we'll get to the bees. We'll see how it goes. And then we'll see if the bees and the seas can go. We, we can't do that, folks. I mean, you cannot shut down the United States of America. Uh, the economic damage is already incalculable. They're talking about this being bigger than the Great Depression, which took years and years and years to come back from. It's just unreal if we're going to do it that way. Okay. Um, all right. One more thing, and then we'll get into these crazy enforcement actions by local governments. Did you know that today you could still go online right now and you can get a $99 flight from New York City to Florida? And I also read an article that these checkpoints that they have on our northern border of Florida, there's one checkpoint on I-95, another one on I-75, another one um, uh, on I-10, and the police are there and they're they're like having people roll down their window and it's like, hey, welcome to Florida. We want to make sure you're OK, you're OK to come in. You know, we want to you know ask you some questions. Well, apparently even those people coming directly from hotspots are being waved through and, and these flights are still running. Hundreds of flights are coming in uh, per week from New York City to Florida and I found some flights this week. One was $17 that you could fly from New York City. I believe it was into Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. I mean, how does that make sense? But then you tell churches you can't meet, your little church can't meet 
but we're going to fill up a plane. We're going to fill up a Greyhound bus, an Amtrak train. I mean, none of that makes any sense, and these checkpoints appear to be all for show on our northern border border here in Florida. All right, let's talk about some of these egregious overreaches, these local politicians, uh, county councilmen, local police, local sheriffs that are absolutely drunk with power. And uh, people are literally being threatened now all across the country with both Fines, fines of five hundred, a thousand dollars and more, and even jail time, thirty, sixty, ninety days in jail if they catch you without wearing a mask in public. Now they first told us do not wear masks because unless you have a medical grade mask, it does no good. And we don't want the public using medical grade masks because we need our hospital workers to have the medical grade masks, and there's already a shortage. If you wear a homemade mask, it will do no good. In fact, it will build up moisture, and that will cause you to be more susceptible to an infection. So unless you you are absolutely certain that you have COVID-19, you shouldn't wear the mask. And if you have COVID-19, these kind of masks aren't going to help really that much anyway. You should just stay home, let your family go out and get the groceries and, and be quarantined in a back bedroom in your house. So, so this whole mask thing on again, off again, you know, now they, this is the new like, uh, social status. So if you don't have the mask, we're going to come after you. That hasn't happened yet in my County, but it's happened that more and more counties are now adopting this, uh, this thing. My County has gone nuts in every other way. They've closed all of the, uh, boat ramps, all of the green spaces, all of our public parks, all of our beaches, all of our hiking walkways, all of this is closed, which these would be the open areas you would want people to enjoy during these times. Uh, get this. So uh, it's just some of the stories. A drive-in church. for This was for the elderly. They held a service where you drive your car in, then you tune your radio to a certain frequency, and then you hear the church service over the radio and you could see the pastor up at the front of the parking lot on a stage, but you're actually in your vehicle. So it's kind of like the old drive-in theater. So uh, these folks were, were given tickets. I think it was a 500 to a $1,000 for each car, even though they were inside their cars. Unbelievable. Um, I don't know where that is. I should have written that down. It was somewhere in the South. You can Google search that. Here's another one. This one is from Arkansas. Get this. A 12-year-old girl uh, is on home confinement with her mother. You know, Arkansas is one of the states. Stay home. And the only thing she has, the only exercise or activity she has, is apparently a basketball hoop that is on the edge of their property. It's some kind of a little um, basketball court that is owned by the city where they live. And uh, she, nobody comes comes to this park. It's like abandoned. It's like their own little area. So this little girl, 12 years old, is out there shooting basketball uh, by herself. And the city became so upset about this that they came out. They sent out uh, a maintenance crew and took down the basketball hoop so this little girl can't shoot hoops anymore. This is the kind of thing that's going on. Um, in, in that, that's in Arkansas. Now we move to Colorado. A former police officer in Colorado was playing ball with his six-year-old daughter in a park. And uh, obviously they live together. They're, they're, you know, father and daughter. And because they were too close together while they were throwing this ball back and forth, 
the father, who is a former police officer, was arrested, dragged off in handcuffs. The police later apologized. Uh, This is a, a priceless one. You can see this picture all of social media today. If you've ever been to the Malibu Pier in Southern California, beautiful area. So there's this picture of a paddleboarder. He's paddling uh, in the ocean near the Malibu Pier. And there's a big, like, uh, I don't know if it's Coast Guard or law enforcement, (laughs) uh, you know, the Los Angeles uh, County uh, uh, law enforcement uh, boat, big boat. It chases this guy down. He's on a paddleboard. And apparently he was uh, arrested or, or fined. Um, he's by himself on a paddleboard out in the ocean. I mean, these are the kind of things you would think are good things that people should be doing. But uh, this big boat goes after him. And this picture is, has gone viral uh, on social media that, that, you know, we've got to get this guy. He's out on his paddleboard. Uh, then this one from Philadelphia. A passenger on a Philadelphia bus was dragged off the bus by 10 police officers for not wearing a face mask on the bus. He was arrested and charged and he was physical. You should see the video of this, which has gone viral. He was dragged off the bus by 10 police officers. And we've got something bizarre going on here in Flagler Beach, Florida, (laughs) to make sure that none of us go out on the beach. Now we are not like Miami beach. We are in Northern Florida. Our beaches are mostly empty. And, and I mean, on, in regular times, like if with this, without this going on, my wife and I could go down to the beach and not see another person and, and literally walk for like a half an hour and see no one. These are not those kind of beaches. Like you see in Miami, our beaches are generally pretty empty. Um, which makes some really neat beaches because there's all kinds of neat things you can see on a beach like that. Uh, you know, you can pick up some really cool shells and you see a lot of interesting birds and, and it's really like a sanctuary. I mean, our beaches are very deserted, uh, even during, uh, tourist season. But in any case, our local County is actually flying helicopters, low flying helicopters over the beach, just to make sure that none of us, are out on the beach. I mean, and you got to think how much is that costing for them to do those kinds of things? And, um, you know, the other thing too, I got two warnings now from Facebook about sharing information, which the more I read and the more people I talk to, the more I'm convinced that this coronavirus has been around longer than anybody is telling us. Because I said back in February, I was sick for two weeks. I didn't have a fever, but I had all of the other symptoms for two weeks. And I know I was really sick, sicker than I've probably ever been with any kind of flu bug or anything. I never got tested because it wasn't really a thing back then. But I've talked to so many people that have also said that they had this in January. Even some people told me they had this in December. But if you post that on social media, that that you have already had this possibly, um, you get a warning. Um, I mean, they literally will take down your page. I was told by Facebook that because I posted that, um, that I will my page will be getting less views. Like I'm on restriction now. Somehow they're going to throttle my my views because I I shared an article that said that, which was I believe from the New York Post, which. Uh, 
Uh, and then some other fact checker came out and said, no, you no one could have had the coronavirus in the United States before uh, February or, or before March, which is just ridiculous because we don't know when it came here. And so what our governor is doing here in Florida is he's getting he's fast tracking what's called an antibody test, which means if you think you've already had it, you can go in and get tested. And if you have the antibody, then you can get immunity. You'll get a, a certificate of immunity from COVID-19, which means you could go back to work. You could go, you know, do a lot of things that everybody else who's, you know, on confinement would not be able to do because you've already, um, you know, you've already got the immunity from this because you've already been through it. So anyway, just a lot going on. Uh, I, I, you know, I know people that are 100% okay with all of these restrictions. I'm just one of those people I ask too many questions. I do. And some people don't like that, but that's just my nature. I have to ask the question, why is it okay to load up a Greyhound bus, but you can't have people go into a restaurant dining room? Why is it okay to load up airplanes from the hotspot of New York City by the hundreds of of flights and fly those people here into Florida? Why is that okay? But it's not okay to have church. Why is it okay to load up an Amtrak train, which is probably, you talk about, you know, these... You go on a train trip from like Florida to New York City, that's like 22 hours that you're on a train. And they don't keep that train very clean because I've been on trains. And uh, that's all okay, though. So it's kind of like they, they're they deciding just, just discretionarily which activity is it's okay to not be social distancing in and, and other occasions where it is okay to social distance. So, you know... I mean, this idea, can't we go back to just being careful, practice social distancing, people that are sick, stay home. If you're older, stay home. If you have an underlying condition, stay home, open up the restaurants, maybe 50% capacity like they were doing for a few weeks and, and that everything was going fine and then focus on the hotspots. That's, that's kind of my, you know, my view on it at this point. And, and I'm just really concerned, honestly, I read an article today about uh, the suicides that are projected to come out of this. And uh, it could we could very well end up with, um, I mean, a large I mean, thousands and thousands of suicides that we could attribute to the shutdown, because that's really the number one reason that people commit suicide is because of financial problems. And I'm seeing stuff on line that I've never seen in my lifetime. You know, there was a story the other day, people were lined up uh, in their cars for three miles in Miami to get to a food bank to get food. And the government is just failing to get out these unemployment checks, failing to get out these stimulus checks. And then just everything is shut down and people, you know, the average person has like 500 bucks in the bank. So what are people going to do who, who don't have the money and don't even have the basics to pay for food? It's a scary, scary time. I mean, we talk about the Great Depression and we say, yeah, maybe it's like the Great Depression. It, it, no kidding. It, it actually is like the Great Depression where people didn't have food and went without. I mean, I, I have relatives, um, grandparents that told me they would take 
bread and put gravy on it. And that was their dinner was a, was a slice of bread with gravy during the great depression, because that's all you could get. You couldn't get meat. You couldn't even get rice or pasta or any carbs like that. You were lucky if you get a slice of bread, put a little bit of gravy on it. These are tough times for so many people. And I think that uh, the tragedy is we don't have a live ticker tape showing the effect on the people uh, that are out there trying to live their lives that are being affected by this shutdown. There's a ticker tape on those that are sick and we, you know, our prayers go out to those that are sick, but at the same time, there's other people that are being affected as well. And I don't think they're getting much of a voice in this. All right. We'll take our one minute break. Uh, when we come back, we will have our special guest, uh, Scientology blogger, Tony Ortega. And by the way, to my producer, Joy, in the other room, we don't have Tony Ortega yet on the uh, switchboard. So we'll go ahead and take the one minute break here and hope that uh, we can connect with him during that break. And uh, also, uh, we'll do a little bit of an open talking about Scientology uh, while we're waiting to get Tony Ortega uh, on the line. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. 